Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Roar. It is Sam Spellman here. I'm so thankful that you're here in a part of the conversation. Today, I am sitting in a uh, leather chair, so I'm giving you all a, a fair warning. If you hear any, like, leather sounds or, like, chair-moving sounds, I apologize. Um, I'm recording in a little bit different spot than I normally do. I'm not, like, in the studio or a normal record, but I'm actually sitting kind of in like a sun porch kind of room and uh it's really nice and I'm looking out the window at just beautiful uh wonderful nature and the Lord has really kind of had my heart in a place and before I get into that I do like to introduce the show with this if you do want to get in contact with me you can check out spellmanministries.org that is s p e l l m a n ministries.org for more information about myself my family the ministry um and everything that we're doing but this podcast is just coming to you to encourage you it's called roar Revealing Our Amazing Redeemer. It's all about just breaking down scripture, reading it, talking about society, talking about how it fits into our lives. Because if we just read uh, the Bible for just a theological thought or to, you know, try to figure something out instead of actually having a true revelation of it, because revelation is different than just an understanding or a memorizing. Revelation means it, it, it clicks. It's whenever something is revealed, you know, because this is all about a relationship with God, a relationship with the creator of all heavens and earth. And the Lord's been having me there. That's that's a perfect segue. The Lord's been having me in this realization that everything that's created was created by him. So if I'm just searching for God only in the created things, right? <clears throat> if I'm searching for God in, you know, nature, and I leave it in nature where God is nature, right? I equate God is nature. Well, that's wrong. God created nature, but God is not nature. You know, so understanding that God is above these things, His ways are higher. The Bible says, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. My ways are higher than your ways. So there's there's a way of the Lord that is higher than just creation, than things that are created in not only the natural earth, where we live, the, the dimension we're living in, but even in the heavens and the spiritual realms and things that are even beyond vision, natural vision, but are, are spiritual. Even those things, the heaven and the earth, were created by Him. So how do I navigate, you know, this understanding? How do I even begin to, you know, get to this place of, you know, so many religions have talked about enlightenment. Oh, how do I get enlightened? Well, let me tell you this. The Bible says that God is pure light, 1 John, and in Him there is no darkness. We have been called the children of light. The Bible also says we have been invited or grafted or adopted in to His kingdom, into His family, into the family of His dear Son. So we now share with the Father, we share with Jesus, we are now inheritance owners of light, we now have access to light through the blood of Jesus, right? Because all of life is in the blood. That's a principle of, of every life is in the blood. Jesus' perfect blood 
not only perfect blood, but the blood of a man and the blood of the of a of a divine seed, because he wasn't born of the seed of man, but he was born of the Holy Spirit of the seed of God. So the Holy Spirit came to Mary and rested upon Mary, and then she was pregnant. So the seed that even impregnated Mary was a supernatural seed of perfection, of life, and of light. So there's this realization that man, I can I can actually commune with the Father, but how do I get above, again, the natural level? And again, this can sound real spiritual, it can sound real interesting, but I'm kind of poking at some of these topics, some of these ideas, some of these things, because we are all spiritual beings. These things should not be weird to us. You even look at, you know, history books and a lot of mankind in general in generations past had a lot more understanding and it was a lot more a part of their daily structure spiritual things spiritual things were active and in other parts of the world not really the western world but other parts of the world it is a lot more um understood respected pursued um in in line of spiritual things kind of as a very general category begin how do we begin to even get into some of these things you know, Sam, you might you might be saying, Sam, you're just talking about all kinds of, you know, that's a little weird, dude. You know, I'm about to turn this thing off. Well, stay with me for a minute, because listen, the Lord who created us is spirit. Jesus said this, the Father is seeking worshipers who will worship him in spirit and in truth. In other words, what is what is spirit? Well, Jesus said this, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. The words we speak, you know, there's something powerful about being able to communicate with words. You know, there are animals, yeah, that they might do a little chirp or they might bark a little bit and kind of get attention, but they're not communicating in full scholarly, you know, educated sentences. They're not, they're not able to produce like that. But we who are made in the image of God, who is spirit, we can communicate. It's not a coincidence. Communication, our words, the power of communicating, releasing things through what we speak is very much a spiritual thing. And no, it, it can seem like, well, that's just the most normal thing if, you know, I'm just trying to communicate. Well, yes, but that's actually one of the most spiritual things you can do. Learning to communicate with the Father and communicate with those who were made in His image, His sons and His daughters. It's very spiritual. See, there's this beautiful revelation that comes when we begin to dig into the Word, and through the Holy Spirit, through the Holy Word of God, and the Holy Spirit whom Jesus sent when He was resurrected and ascended. Listen to this. In Ephesians chapter 1, it says this, um, He predestined us. Well, let's, I'll just start in verse 3. This is kind of a, a real good backbone of Scripture for what I've been talking about says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who blessed us in Christ, or in Jesus, with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before Him in love. He predestined us for adoption to Himself as sons, through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of His will, to the praise of His glorious grace, with which He has blessed us in the Beloved. 
in him we have redemption through his blood. Remember I was talking about the blood of Jesus. The life is in that. The forgiveness of our trespass or of our sins, according to the riches or the abundance of his grace, which he has lavished or, or which he has thrown upon us freely in all wisdom and insight. Again, how do I get this? I receive it through grace. Well, how do you receive it through grace? You receive the words which are spoken in the Word of God and words which have been inspired by the Holy Spirit. That's how more light comes. Light is not something we just go out and discover. Again, these are things that are above the natural realm. All I can go out and discover is just natural carnal things. If I was to set out and say, I'm going to figure out how the universe works. All I'm doing is studying a creation. I'm not actually receiving insight from the one who created it. Don't you think the creator of a thing knows more than the thing itself? If you made a clay pot and you're like, all right, this clay pot... You know, I'm a, I'm a clay pot. It's a clay pot. I'm going to figure out everything about how a clay pot works. Yes, you'll be able to figure out everything about that one specific clay pot, but you're not going to learn how to make pottery. You're not going to understand the techniques, the intricacies of pottery just looking at a clay pot. You might be able to replicate some things, but you're not going to know the same as if you actually talked to the creator of the pot himself or herself, right? Does that make sense? There's a difference there. So if I'm pursuing things, the only way I can even pursue light is it has to be given to me. And it takes humility. It takes humility to receive. It takes an understanding of I'm not the end of the universe. I don't know it all, but the father does and he's given to me. I'll receive his words. Again, where do you start? Start with the Bible. The Bible says all scripture is God breathed. Right, And this comes through testimony. This comes through the, the word of mouth of a man who knew the Father, who knew Jesus. These men, these disciples who were there with him in the flesh from that point, they're now saying, hey, all this scripture is God breathed. And God has inter- interjected himself into the Old Testament. And I don't have time to get into all that. But the scripture that was influenced, the words that were spoken directly, the Ten Commandments, that was a direct relation relational conversation with God that Moses had whenever the Ten Commandments were given. That wasn't just Moses going, I think I'm going to find... No, it was God directly communicating with him. The Bible, when it was spoken to those who wrote it, was direct utterance, direct speaking through the Holy Spirit or through even visions, dreams, a lot of different things. It was direct communication with the creator of the universe. He interjected himself. And it takes humility to realize that what the potter wants to do with the clay, the potter has every right to do with the clay. But here's the good news. Let's go back in this scripture here in Ephesians. It says, according to the purpose of his will, verse 6, Ephesians 1 verse 6, it says, to the praise of the glorious grace which he has blessed us in the beloved, he predestined us, back to verse 5, to himself as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will. The purpose of his will is this, God is good and it's his will that none should perish, the Bible says, but all should come to his son, right? All should come to love and to the kingdom of his dear son. That's powerful stuff. That's a, that's a specific will. You know, anything without God is dead, but anything that has God in it is life. 
See, that's that's powerful right there. If I'm pursuing light, again, if I'm pursuing some of these spiritual things, again, spiritual things, it's rooted in words, it's rooted in communication, right? Jesus said, my words that I speak to, they are spirit and they are life. So if I'm going to receive something spiritual, it's probably going to come in the container of a word. It's going to come through that. That's how God chose to create the universe. You read in Genesis, it says he spoke and said, light be and light was. So there's this influence of having words, having faith in what you're speaking, believing what you're saying, and then lining up with the creator in when you speak, because we are sons and daughters. Again, if you fall in the family heritage what, what does a son and a daughter do? Well, it was typically taken where if there was a business or there was something that the father did or the mother did, they had a you know an enterprise or there were a kingdom. Again, back to kingdom words because the Bible uses kingdom language. It says we have been placed and grafted into the kingdom of his dear son, right? He didn't say we were grafted into the, the business and especially in America where I'm at. You know, having a kingdom mindset is a little bit difficult because we don't have a monarchy in America. Everything is typically corporate. It's a corporate business run, and especially now with how much things have exploded in capitalism and whatnot, having a kingdom mindset is kind of anti-American culture, all right? So I know by saying some of these things, it it might be hard to kind of wrap your, your heart around or your mind around, but just bear with me here because this is an eternal thing. God works through kingdom. He works through a king and his family, which is totally different than working through a business and your board of your directors and you vote on. Th- it's it's a completely different structure. So understanding that structure, understanding a, a kingdom structure helps if we're going to receive the words or read kingdom words. Does that make sense? Anyway, the kingdom structure, it, it goes through family. You have a king. And that kingdom is passed down to the prince, to the next in line to the throne, right? And then that person is a ruler. But as a king, the prince from a time of a young age is trained, is taught in how to rule the kingdom, is taught in how to how to keep yourself and keep the moral compass. Because if the king doesn't keep the moral compass, if the king doesn't keep structure and morals and love and health, and giving, right? If he doesn't keep that culture alive in his kingdom, it's not going to come because everything starts and ends with the king, right? So then we have the father God who is perfect. Everything starts and ends with him and his son, who you could say is the prince, right? Who comes next in line, Jesus. He said, I only do what I see the father do. And I only say what I hear the father say. In other words, I've been expecting, I am pursuing what the Father does in the kingdom. I'm pursuing what the kingly way of living is. Because for to walk in kingly authority and have all the, the power that a king has, there's a level of maturity we have to walk in. It's the same thing. We are learning we are growing as believers. We're walking. If you've been born again, you've got a you've got another start. You you now are are grafted into this kingdom, and from a young age, as a as a new believer, we are to be growing in how the king does life. Um, early Christians were called followers of the way. As I kind of you know wrap up the podcast with this, early Christians were were called followers of the way. 
you know, they they pursued the way of living. They called Jesus rabbi, which is teacher. So whenever the disciples followed Jesus, they were learning about how to do life God's way. Very simply put, they were not just trying to start a religion. They were not just trying to be theological. You know, they weren't just trying to debate, you know, well, what do you think that the stars mean in the sky? What do you, what do you think is healing for, for now? Is spiritual things really even real or not? They weren't even going there. They were trying to reconnect with the creator that formed them and their mother's womb. And they realized this man, he's the connector point. He's the connection. He's the only way I'm ever going to connect with the reason I'm alive, with the reason I've been created. Don't you think knowing the one who created you, the one who shaped, you know, and designed you, designed every hair on your head, every, you know, every bit of you knows how you think, knows how you operate, has given you gifts and talents. The Bible says the gifts of God are without repentance. In other words, no matter what you do in life, those gifts are going to operate Maybe God's given you a talent to sing or to make music. Maybe He's given you a talent to be an engineer and you can just, you see things structurally pieced together. Maybe you're, you're, you're into science and, and chemicals and you can understand different mixtures. Or maybe you can understand communication and you can hear people and you can really empathize and, and hear what's going on. Whatever the gifting and the skill set that God's given you, because He formed you. And it takes humility to realize you've, you've been formed. You've been created. You didn't just create yourself. That's a huge lie that is trying to run rampant even now that you get to make, be who you want to be and make yourself who you want to make yourself. I'm sorry, but if you're born again, you're, that has just gone out the window. You don't just make yourself who you want to be. We align ourselves with who God has formed us to be. And that not only gives us peace, but think of how much responsibility and pressure it takes off your shoulders. It's not up to you to make your future a success. It's up to God. And if you trust God and you're obedient and you follow Him, He makes you a success. He is successful. Look at all that He's created in creation and tell me that God's not successful. Every single bit of ore that we use to make all of our technology, He put there beforehand. He knew it was going to be needed. He formed it. He planned it. He keeps all the galaxies orbiting without exploding into each other. He keeps our sun burning. He feeds the birds. He feeds the animals. He keeps our ecosystems alive. He's planned all these things, got everything in motion from the beginning of creation. And tell me that God's not prosperous. If He can prosper everything else, then He can prosper you. That's what Jesus said when we said, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. How much more valuable are you to Him than they are? You were made in God's image. The birds, they weren't made in God's image, but you, as a person, as a living being, as a soul, as a spirit, as a body, you were made in the image of God. You are so valuable to Him. He's got a plan. He's got a way for you to live your life. It just takes listening again how do we listen to a spiritual god how do we hear a spiritual father it's through words it's through his word read the bible pursue the bible and also hear from the holy spirit if you've been born again and you've received the holy spirit who dwells with inside who dwells inside you he communicates that still small voice listen to this in verse 11 
it says this of Ephesians 1, continuing on, in him, and again, this is this is probably really where I'm going to wrap up. I apologize. Kind of sometimes you get into a, a train of thought, and I really want to wrap this and kind of land back where we started. I don't want to leave you guys on on a cliff note. So it says this: In him we have attained an inheritance, or we've attained prosperity, a reputation, health, understanding. Right? That's that's all an inheritance, having been predestined. Right? In other words, there's a destiny, there's a chosen way that God has given you gifts. There's a destiny that he has prepared for you. That doesn't necessarily mean you're going to walk in it. We all have a free will. But predestined means it's like prepared destiny. Think of it this way. You know, your mom can call you and say, hey, I got dinner at the house, right? And you can go home and you can go eat it. Or you can go to McDonald's and get yourself a cheeseburger, it doesn't mean that mom never predestined a meal for you, but you got to go home and you got to go get it, right? You got to be obedient. You got to you got to follow the Lord. You got to pursue God. If you want to taste the predestined goodness that he has for you, we have to pursue him. It's God does not serve us. That is completely backwards. Does the the creator serve the creation? Does your computer look up at you and go, "Hey, serve me." You give give me all the RAM I want. You know, does does your car look at you and say, hey, you better give me every bit of new pistons, new tires. I want it now. And I'm not going to move. I'm not going to take you anywhere until you give it to me. No, that creation was made by me. It is made for you. You made it. You made that thing. Does your clothes look at you and go, I'm not going to go on you until you give me everything I want. No, that created thing was made for you. So see, if we're going to pursue the Father with a place of entitlement and say, hey, you owe me this before I ever do anything, God, you better give me this. How presumptuous. He's the creator of our hearts. He formed us. If anything, we should be pursuing him saying, hey, how do I how do, I do this? I need some help. Can you please help me? And see, that's when his goodness is able to be expressed and love is able to be shown. Because again, remember, God is love in the purest form. So continuing, predestined, he has this table prepared according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him, you also, talking about us, have heard the word of truth. You've heard the gospel of your salvation. You've heard the goodness that that Jesus died on the cross and that God wants to restore his connection with man right? And you believed in him. If you've believed in Christ, you've been born again, right? Believe in your heart, confess with your mouth. Why do we pray a sinner's prayer? Because it's a, it's a vocal speaking like Romans 10. We communicate, we speak forth. If you speak, believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth, you shall be saved, right? He says this in verse 13, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. The Holy Spirit is so much, there's so much in the Holy Spirit. And again, as I'm kind of wrapping up, I don't have time to really just, I've kind of touched on some things in the conversation today, but the Holy Spirit, he's like the the guarantee. Some versions say he's like a promise ring. Like if you're getting married, he's like an engagement ring. In other words, there's a clear promise made, hey, we're, get, we're getting together. This full promise is coming to pass. There's, there's a hope that I have, right? The Holy Spirit 
is the is the leader. He's the the teacher. Jesus said, "I'm sending one like myself." Think about it this way: If Jesus, and again, just hear me out on this. Don't not hear what I'm saying. But if Jesus in Himself was like the form of an apple, right? If He was like an apple, the Holy Spirit is like another apple. He's not like just another fruit, you know, one like me. Well, he's another dude. No, he's like exactly like him. He's of the same DNA, right? Does that make sense? The Holy Spirit whom comes to live on the inside of us, right? The Holy Spirit of God, the Holy Word of God, right? Spirit is Word. So the Holy Words of God, the Holy Spirit of God resides on the inside of us. Someone said this, I'm trying to think of who the quote is. I I know my father knows the reference, but I can't think of who says it. But he said this, The beauty of Christianity is the ability of God to build himself in us through his word so that in every day, in every day of our lives, we live just like the master. It's that simple. How do we live the way we were made to be? We hear the words of God. We hear the Spirit of God communicating to us. We receive it. We believe it by faith. We expect to hear the truth. We expect and we trust God to be a good God so we can even hear clearly. We line everything up with the proven, tested Word of God, which is the Bible, which has been written, which has been tested throughout time. The I don't have time to get into the thousands of prophecies that all line up and are completed in the Bible. Just do a, just do a simple Google search on like how many connections there are in the word of God to one another and you'll realize man this is a this is a very holy book right the word of God it's tested it's true it can be relied on it's dependable no question everything line up to the word of God line up those what you think the Lord's communicating to you find it in the word you can find it in the Bible you'll find it some it's in there God has has given us everything we need to succeed naturally spiritually Everything is wrapped up in the Son. When you receive the Son, you're born again, you're baptized, you receive a new conscience, a new heart. And then when you repent, there's a gift that's been given to you. Maybe you missed it. You've, you've been a believer, but you missed it. And you're like, man, I just... But you repent. You come to the Father. You confess your sins one to another that you might be healed. You confess your sins. We don't have a high priest. The Bible says in Hebrews... We have a high priest, excuse me, that can empathize and sympathize with our weakness. He understands our weakness. He came down in mortal flesh. He gets it. He knows what it's like to be a person in the earth, the struggles, the pitfalls, the temptations. He can walk us through. He can help us, right? And the high priest is is the word where we even get priest. This is a real cool study. The word we get priest is like in a kingdom, right? Before the prince is going to be the king. There's an intermediary, there's a person who's like his teacher. It's where we get like our school teacher structure from, right? There was someone who was a mediator that would basically teach him the ways. That's what a priest was. It was someone who would communicate between the the kingdom where the, all the, the, the wealth was stored up, the establishment, right? You got all the, the treasurers and everything. The one that would communicate between and would explain that was like a priest or a or a communicator. It was an intermediary. It's where we get the word priest from. It's the derived. I can't remember the root word, but do a study on that, where the root word of priest really comes from in a kingdom sense. And you begin to see how the Father, who wants to give us good things, who wants us to walk as He walked, who is a good Father, right? What dad doesn't want his kids walking just like Him, living like Him, being successful like Him? 
hanging out with him, right? What, what dad doesn't want that? What good dad doesn't want that? Isn't that powerful? Anyway, I could just go on and go on and go on. Um, but thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Kind of went a little longer than I wanted, but if you made it to the end, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to Roar. If this conversation was something that piqued your interest, really blessed you, um, you want to share it with your friends, feel free to do that. You can always share the links. Word of mouth is, is very important. You guys sharing it, writing reviews helps so very much. We appreciate it if you want to do so. I would really, really like it. But again, thank you so much for listening to the conversation today. Let the Lord reveal himself to you through his word. He wants you to know him more. It's a relationship through revelation, not just through a a mental game or a theology, but it's through relationship with our creator. And he loves you. He's for you. May he bless you. May he keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you. May he lift up his face upon you, his countenance upon you, look at you, and give you peace.